If Resident Evil defined the survival horror genre, then Silent Hill made it, well, actually scary. Seeking to build a psychological horror game based on the fear of the unknown, members of Team Silent succeeded in creating one of the scariest games of its time. The sleepy tourist town of Silent Hill was actually made of nightmares. Covered in fog and darkness, you never knew what was going to be hidden around the corner. And even worse, you never knew just who was going to be hidden around the corner. Silent Hill taught us that even those neighbors that seem to have the best intentions might not be looking out in your best interests. If Resident Evil defined the survival horror genre, Silent Hill actually made you think about it. Today, we'll be heading back to February of 1999 to look back at Konami's Silent Hill, discuss its development, and the themes around its design. We'll take a quiz around haunted locations and discuss whether or not we've been so scared that we've had to quit playing a video game. Join us as we head into the fog and darkness on today's trip down memory card lane. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I hope these words find you well. Hello and welcome to the 26th episode of our Video Game Nostalgia podcast, A Trip Down Memory Card Lane. Each week we take a look back at the current week in gaming history, we pick a release from somewhere in its depths, we talk a little about it, uh, talk a little bit about it, tongue-tied already, not a good sign, and then we use it to start important conversations about how gaming has affected our lives, your lives, and the world around it. Somewhere along the way, we also hope to teach you something new about the game or the world. I, I don't know. We'll see if it happens. I'm David Casson, as as and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, who I've decided to honor by naming today's episode after him. Yes, that's right. Today's episode is inspired by his nickname throughout school. Ladies and gentlemen, my brother, Rob Casson, or as he's known to his friends, SBD, Silent But Deadly. Rob, how's it smelling today? Well, Dave, always freshly packed with a can of Ozium, <laughs> ready to fight off the worst of odors. God, that a, sounds like an ad. That's such a child, childish. <laughs> so stupid. I, I love totally it. Went commercial with that. Hey, Ozium, please sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> that's so that'd stupid. A, that'd be a sweet rep, man. Oh, what's going on today, man? Not a whole lot, you know, just uh, ready to talk some Silent Hill. You ready to talk some? uh, Yeah, definitely ready to talk some Silent Hill. So, uh, happy 35th birthday to Zelda, though. That's also this week. We should have done Zelda, but, you know. Yeah, swing and a miss on that one, Dave. You set the calendar. (laughs) I know. Oh, well, everyone else is doing Zelda. We'll do Silent Hill. So, February 23rd, 1999. Silent Hill was released to North American audiences for the PlayStation 1. Uh, It would be later released on the PlayStation Network in 2009 during the PS3 and PSP era. And as a fun side note, in 2001, there was a visual novel version of this game called Play Novel Silent Hill released for the Game Boy Advance. Can you imagine like just a flipbook version of this game? No, that's interesting. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. Including this adaption... 
uh, mobile games, some remake collections, and the latest failure in the series, PT, or success, depending on who you ask. There have been 18 releases in the Silent Hill series. It's also spawned two films and a number of manga alongside some light novels. Needless to say, Silent Hill is a thing. It's uh, considered a survival horror game, and alongside Resident Evil, the two of them cemented survival horror as a definitive genre. Is that fair to say? That it is. But unlike Resident Evil, which was pre-rendered environments, Silent Hill rendered its 3D environments in real time. That's very true. It did. It's not the first survival horror game to do so, though. Uh, That title falls to a sci-fi survival horror game called Overblood that nobody remembers. And there's a lot of debate over just how horror it is because it's more sci-fi than than the scares. Um, but technically, it was still the first to have 3D rendered environments. Silent Hill still is... Resident Evil and Silent Hill are still the games that everyone uses to judge this genre with, though. So I, I've never even really heard of Overblood. Never played it. Don't know much about it. How about you? Yeah, that's the first I've heard of it. Yeah, exactly. So before we get to the game itself, I want to talk about how we got here because nothing about the development of Silent Hill was ordinary and there was always going to be a chance that we wouldn't be here talking about it as it as it pretty much came close to never existing. You know, development of this game started way back in December of 96. Team Silent was a group of staff members within the Konami Computer Entertainment Tokyo Studio. Um Konami wanted to produce a game that would be successful in the United States. Where have we heard that before? Capcom did the same thing with Devil May Cry, didn't they? That they did, Dave. So, in order for Konami here to produce a successful game, they wanted to try something different, I guess, a different development style. And they sought out to build this game in in what was described as a Hollywood-like environment. Weirdly enough, all the staff members that sit on Team Silent had failed at their previous projects. Uh, Each of them had intended to leave Konami. Many of them described feeling like they were never able to realize their own ideas. Uh, And as such, they were deemed incompatible with other development teams and all put together here on Team Silent. So basically, (laughs) we have a game. That was the rejects. I mean, let's be honest here. It was it was the rejects of the company, people that couldn't work with other play nice with others that they were going to leave anyways. And they're like, hey, come work on a game here. I, I don't understand the logic. You you got anything for me? Help me make sense of it. I mean, while in separate parts, they were not very good workers um, because they didn't get along well with others. When they were able to work in an environment with other people who were like-minded, they were able to come together, face their differences, and perform amazing work. Yeah, that's a very good point. It wasn't all that smooth, though. You know, throughout much of the development, uh, members of Team Silent felt like uh, outsiders, and they they just didn't see eye-to-eye with Konami's initial plan. They weren't getting much done. They weren't happy with it. It wasn't a very high-budget game. You know, this was still the era at the end of the era of like low budget 2D titles, you know, the 16 bit era. So it wasn't a it wasn't a high budget game and everyone just couldn't they they couldn't come together on what it was going to be. At one point, they just ditched Konami's plan and decided that they were all going to make a game that would appeal to the emotions of players instead. 
And so uh, to achieve this end, they decided that they were going to create a game that introduced a fear of the unknown as a psychological type of horror. And that brings me to today's lesson. We're going to have a really short lesson on fear of the unknown and talk about the game, right? Sure thing, Dave. Right? Wouldn't be this wouldn't be our podcast without a lesson from Dave. I know. Rob, do you know what fear of the unknowns actually called? We we hear the term a lot nowadays actually. That would be xenophobia. Yeah, xenophobia. We do hear that term xenophobia a whole lot, don't we? That we do. You know, it 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 it, it dominates, you know, people talk about racism and and you know, white supremacy and I, I don't know all the stuff that's been dominating the news cycles for God knows how long. And the term xenophobic gets thrown around like it's nobody's business, but it's really fascinating because xenophobia by definition in its most extreme form is literally fear of the unknown. It's not, it's not anything else. That's its literal definition fear of the unknown. It's an extreme condition of being afraid of what is different from you or experiencing apprehension towards things that are dissimilar to what you're accustomed to. So what it is, is it's commonly seen in people who demonstrate unreasonable mindsets or ideologies about people or cultures that they deem foreign or odd, which is really how we hear it used all the time. And it's because of this that xenophobia is often discussed as going hand in hand with racism. You know, and the truth of the matter is, is that there are a lot of historical events that show how, you know, xenophobic thought process are amplified within groups like the Holocaust or other ethnic cleanses throughout the world. And what happens is when the fear of difference, and that could be a difference of race, it could be a difference of culture, it could be a difference of social norms. Uh, whenever that difference becomes heavily internalized, it can lead to drastic situations where one group will basically declare its superiority over another group. And that leads to the mess that, that, that leads to all the messes that we all find ourselves in. So... It's really fascinating, too, because fear of the dark has its own specific phobia, which is uh, nyctophobia. But at the core, it's a fear of the unknown because it really what it is is fear of the unknown and that you can't see what darkness covers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's kind of when our mind starts imagining things, you know, things moving in the shadows, eye pa- eyes peering from the closet, you know, the, all that crap that you imagine in the dark. Uh, I don't I don't know. I I'm not afraid of the dark, but. You can't help but feeling like sometimes there's some eyes looking at you. Right you are, Dave. Or maybe there are eyes looking at you. My living room that I walk through in the dark is a window straight to my backyard. Lord knows there's all sorts of creepy critters out there. So, But it's when you start imagining things that all the physical and emotional symptoms of phobias start to pop up. You know, uh, rapid heart rate, dry mouth, shallow breathing, extreme cases that'll lead to crying, shaking, trembling. You know, you get anxiety. Anxiety, if left unchecked, can prog- that can progress into a full-blown panic attack. And so that just leaves us with a question that begs to be answered. Did Silent Hill leave you feeling xenophobic? Now, before you answer, the knee-jerk reaction of yes, because if you played Silent Hill, you walked around fog, you walked around darkness, maybe there was a vague plot and the unknown got to you. I want you to consider Silent Hill as a city and the characters within it as a whole okay okay so silent hill was developed by a japanese studio who was tasked with producing a game that would be successful in the united states are we good on that point yep 
So the town of Silent Hill itself is an interpretation of a small American community as imagined by a Japanese development team. It was based, according to them, on Western literature and film, as well as the depictions of American towns in European and Russian culture. And through time, not just through the first Silent Hill, we've learned some things about Silent Hill, Maine and its history and its history. Being in Maine, it's a fairly typical New England tourist town that is good for relaxation. In one of the guidebooks, it's noted that some of the town's conservative residents oppose its modernization and the transformation of a town into a tourist attraction. Sound familiar? Yeah. Yeah. We also know that in its history, that Silent Hill was originally a sacred place to Native Americans who used it to conduct rituals pre-1600s. And by the end of the 1600s, settlers would arrive to this area, displacing the natives. It was shortly after this that Silent Hill was abandoned after a strange epidemic spread. Ooh, an epidemic. An epidemic was seen again around 1810, which is about when it officially became Silent Hill. And then around 1890, the history of Silent Hill notes that following the Wounded Knee Massacre, in which Native American resistance kind of came to an end, people in Silent Hill started to mysteriously disappear again. And so what you have is the history of Silent Hill as told from the obviously development perspective that is basically this weird history of bad things happen to Natives, bad things happen to the town. And so it's essentially the same thing where you have a group of people that that are i guess just like xenophobic right they're xenophobic of of a native people they don't they don't like it and it's easy to make the correlation right because things keep happening you know uh mm. I, that's fair right things keep happening i don't know what else to say about it things keep happening right, right you are so as silent hill goes into the 20th century that's where we saw the rise of the order okay and the Order are the main bad guys of the Silent Hill series. And basically, they're a religious doomsday cult. They believe that they are the one true faith and one true religion, and that all other religions on planet Earth are deceptions and false lies. Also sound familiar? Sure does. I mean, we talk, when we talked about Devil May Cry, you know, we talked about how on point Devil May Cry is with what's going on you know, in the world, but it almost feels like here, like we're just looking at themes that occur over and over and over again. And yeah, here we are, Silent Hill, the order, believing that they're the one true faith and everyone else is just lying. It's, fa it's fake news, Rob. Fake news. Sure is, Dave. So the order has its own set of holy books and scriptures that they claim is the word of God. You know, these writings are truth to them. And their one goal is to usher in the apocalypse and to deliver the faithful to paradise. Now, to be fair, they're probably an extreme form of any number of religions, right? There are a lot of religions that believe that they're the one true faith and that all other religions are, are face gods. I, I know a few pretty strict Christians myself that believe that all religions that aren't Christians are false religions. They're, they're false idols and inevitably... I worshiping a false idol will lead someone to hell, but that's not here nor there. So, but the order, when people refuse to convert to the order, they resort to brainwashing, kidnapping, drug trafficking, child abuse, torture, murder, and 
other acts of violence. I don't, I, I get, I put murder should be other acts of violence and even murder because murder is the worst of them all. They, they do everything. And it's weird because this all sounds horrible, but the truth of the matter is, is that like most religion, they're all doing what they believe will, you know, create a paradise for them. And in, in the order's case, they believe that they're trying to fix corrupted humanity. Right. Right. So back to xenophobia, it's fair of the unknown. It's fair of the unknown, right? We're talking about Silent Hill and everything in it. The fair of the unknown. First of all, the town is full of fog and fog. Do you remember playing Silent Hill? A little bit, yes. A little bit. So fog and darkness, right? Yep. Very much the game is steeped in fog and darkness. It, it was a very obvious design design of the game to make it so you couldn't see. You know, because people are always afraid of what they can't see. And truth was, the fog was a genius idea. Not only does it fit this theme, but it was actually created because of the technical limitations of rendering in 3D backgrounds, which is a win-win if I've ever heard one, right? Sure is. And then you have the town of Silent Hill. It's a sleepy tourist town whose conservative base doesn't like outsiders. You know, so you have a, th- them th- faring groups that are unlike themselves. Which, like we talked about, that's a concept that's been amplified so much in society today. And then third, you have extreme religion, you know? In theory, if you take xenophobia to the concept we were just talking about, the one in that people who experience xenophobia can demonstrate unreasonable mindsets or ideologies about people or cultures that they deem to be foreign or odd, then what you can actually view xenophobia as is being better understood as excessive feelings of apprehension towards difference, right? They get ap- they're, they're, they get those feelings of, of uneasiness when someone's different to them in an excessive manner. I think in a lot of cases, it's it's showing itself as more like anger nowadays. Is is am I am I on to the right thing? I'd say so. And I think to say I think it's fair to say that a doomsday cult that resorts to such extreme tactics is pretty damn apprehensive towards anything and everything towards it. I guess the point is, is that when the developers of silent Hill set out to create a psychological horror game based on fear of the unknown, I don't know if they realized how on point or close to it. They actually were, you know, they may have this weird story about religion and the fog and the darkness and the scariness, but there are a lot of ways in which silent Hill can be, observed as fair of the unknown and then more specifically as as you know kind of taking on xenophobia as one of the more as the theme of the game and i just think it's i think it's really fascinating how topical it is with everything else going on in the world right now and that's that's my rant that's what i have to say about that and with that i think it's time we get back to the show That's Rob wrangling me in, telling me that I need to talk about video games. So the development of Silent Hill, it was just a mess. It, it was, it was, it wasn't organized. It wasn't a mess. One thing that I, I I'll show. I'm going to talk for a moment about Taka, Takayoshi Sato. Um, he's now created with many different parts of Silent Hill, including character design and all the game cinematics. But that wasn't that wasn't the case, you know. Initially, he had been correcting inconsistencies in the plot and designing the game's cast of characters. 
as a young employee, he was initially restricted to basic basic tasks such as font design and file sorting, but he also created 3D demos and presentations, and he tried to teach older staff members the fundamentals of 3D modeling, but he wasn't credited for this work because he didn't have as much respect as a young artist as the older employees did. And so eventually what he did was he approached the higher-ups with a short demo movie he'd rendered, and he threatened to withhold his technical knowledge from other staff members if he was not assigned to 3D work. And so as a consequence, his superior gave in, and he was allowed to do character designs. You know, And doing this, instead of relying on illustrations, he conceived the character as a Silent Hill while creating their computer-generated models. And while he designed them, he gave them each their own distinctive characteristics. Um, the main character he wanted to make complete, uh, like neutral. That's that, that's why the main character is playing because he wanted to avoid people interpreting the game and based on his looks. You know, up until a certain point, he was uh, mostly responsible for the game cinematics and the character design. But even at that point, his superior still didn't want to fully credit his work, and they had intended to assign him a visual supervisor to take that credit away from him. To prevent this from happening, Sato volunteered to create the full motion videos of Silent Hill by himself. And so over the course of the next two and a half years of development, he pretty much lived in the development team's office because he had to render all the 3D scenes in the game with all the 150 computers of his coworkers after they had left work at the end of the day. So they were so dysfunctional that this guy had to basically make all the cinematics after hours on his own time, I guess is, is what I'm trying to say. And if that doesn't sum up most of what I've read and learned about the development of Silent Hill, I, I really don't know what does. Hmm. Very interesting, Dave. Is it, though? I don't know. I think it's interesting. Which brings us back to February of 1999, right? Silent Hill is released to the world in all its glory. And all anyone wants to do is compare it to Resident Evil. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about that for a moment. How disheartening would that have to be? Like, you release your game, you want it to have its own identity, and then it doesn't. That what would be pretty crappy, I feel. I mean, on one hand, it's flattering, right? Because if you are a Resident Evil fan, and, you know, you really like that, and you put out a game and it gets compared to Resident Evil, I guess to be even put on the same pedestal, our same playing field as a game you're a huge fan of and closely aligned to, because let's be honest, they all knew they were developing a game in the same vein. I think I think I would think that that would probably be a good thing. But on the other hand, if all anyone wants to do is compare it to Resident Evil and not give Silent Hill credit where Silent Hill is due credit, that would be pretty shitty. That would definitely be shitty, Dave. Yeah, I don't know. Just to illustrate this point, we went back and we pulled some reviews from 1999, and I would like to share them with you, Rob, if you'd be so kind to take the first one, just to see exactly what we're talking about. First up was GamePro Magazine. The review starts out, if imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, the developers of Resident Evil should be blushing after playing Konami's Silent Hill. Reading the rest of the review is a fun snapshot in time for tech. One of Silent Hill's coolest features is its excellent DualShock support. 
The controller beats like a heart, thumping harder when you're closer to death. Now, see, I don't remember that. I'm sure at the time it was a cool feature. It's we don't really use a dual shock for that anymore. At least I can't remember it being used for that anymore. Can you? Uh, no, I can't, although I don't play too many of the games on PlayStation. And, you know, I wonder about that. I wonder about that sometimes because I, I think I wonder if we're just so used to it now, because back then dual shock was what, four years old. This is 99. PlayStation came out in 95 with the dual shock controller. Right. So DualShock wasn't around that much. Um and now DualShock's been around for you know 25 years or so. So it makes me wonder if I'm just so used to it or if they don't use it. But really the only gimmicky feature I could think of that is used on the current controllers um now I don't have a PS5 so I'm going PS4 back is some games will use the light on it to illustrate like like I've been playing Last of Us and your health, you know, is green for good and red for bad and the light on the controller will shine that way. And then when you play voice memos, they play through the speaker on the controller. And I've played a few other games recently where that speaker on the controller is used too, but I can't think of the the DualShock being used specifically. Oh, and in The Last of Us Remastered, when your flashlight goes out, you hit the controller like it uses the the motion in the controller to note that you hit the controller to pop it back on. But uh, yeah, very interesting. Well, what else? What else did Game Pro have to say about Silent Hill? So they go on to say that it does note that Silent Hill's voice acting doesn't approach Ari's depth of craptitude. <laughs> so I guess points for Silent Hill there. <laughs> yeah, Resident Evil has some pretty gnarly. Uh, has some pretty gnarly voiceovers. I, I, I don't think Silent Hill is better. Frankly, Silent Hill has got some weird ass pacing with its with its voice acting. Uh, but Resident Evil was pretty weird though too. I don't know that it was. So this review never really gives Silent Hill its own place though. In closing, it notes that the gothic storylines and int- intuitive puzzle in Silent Hill are compelling which makes Silent Hill a nice bridge for RE fans waiting for their next fix. See, that's all it was. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it notes that RE fan, you know, it's it's the bridge. See, they couldn't even give Silent Hill its own place. It's a, it, it's a temporary fix while you're waiting for the next Resident Evil. I don't know. It's really hard to find your own place when no one will let you. I mean, take take this next one here. Share share the IGN article with with our listeners. IGN's next article starts out by saying that as the world awaits the next installment in Capcom's flagship Resident Evil series, Konami has stepped forth with Silent Hill, a horror concoction of their own. Even from the get-go, though, that they're like, as the world awaits the next installment in the Resident Evil series. I mean, your article is literally starting out with Resident Evil. It's it, it. Honestly, I'm pointing it out because it really pissed me off as I went through it that every flipping article from 1999 that I found on on Silent Hill literally referenced Resident Evil in the beginning or something like that. It's like no no one wanted to allow the game to stand on its own two feet. It's just well, Dave. There are some good points here, though. Yeah. 
Yeah, so the article goes on to read that Silent Hill plays mainly like an adventure game and not in an action title, which allows it to sidestep any obvious aping of the Resident Evil series by taking a more literary turn into the world of horror. Hmm? With an emphasis on character and storyline, Silent Hill prefers to appeal to gamers' imagination by limiting their vision to a small range of light surrounded by impenetrable darkness, or by jarring any grasp of reality that the gamer might have on what, ex- on what exactly is going on in the game. In the end, IGN gives them props. They say that Silent Hill may not be the best choice for those looking to blast their way through a zombie-filled town with a super grenade launcher, but for gamers looking for a solid, innovative title which succeeds in telling a wonderfully crafted story that appeals to the darker stuff of nightmares, Silent Hill cannot be beat. Oh, there you go. IGN gave them props, I guess. So That they did. I gotta tell you, though, that comparison trend was was everywhere. I mean, absolutely everywhere. You know, moving on from the critic reviews every week, you know, we like to cruise the Internet or hear from you looking for reviews about how, you know, our listeners, the average gamer feels about the game with older games like this. We frequently either go to Moby Moby Games or Metacritic, which is about the only old repository of of reviews. And I got to tell you that a lot of the reviews, uh, period, did the exact same thing. I've given a few here that I pulled from Moby Games to illustrate the point. Why don't you share this first one from Neo J Neo J with everyone, Rob? All right. So user Neo J writes, let's proceed step by step. Silent Hill was released as a survival horror game, an alternative for Capcom's Resident Evil. Soon, the players realize that comparing this game with Resident Evil is a big mistake. We don't fight zombies and we're not facing classic horror story. Silent Hill was conceived as an original game, and that's what it is. This game is the perfect one for those who love psychological horror, the kind of horror from movies like Jacob's Ladder, more focused in the atmosphere than in concrete, terrible frights. Something more ethereal. Yeah, I I actually really agree. I, I, I personally, I preferred Silent Hill over Resident Evil. Now, don't get me wrong. I loved both series at the time. But there was just something about Silent Hill that was darker, creepier, scarier, and the storyline felt more substantial. And I'm a sucker for good stories. And so putting the two side by side, I like Silent Hill. I think that Resident Evil played better. We're going back to a comparison between action and story. You know what I mean? And Resident Evil was the action. Silent Hill was the story. Um, But yeah. That comparison didn't really stop, though, did it? Take take this next one. Read read this one. This next one here, Rob. All right. So user Zavni writes, What truly makes Silent Hill a great horror game is that it's a very intelligently designed game. 1999, Console Land. Thanks to a little thing called Resident Evil, the survival horror genre is the next big thing, and everyone is making their own version of it, with names like Squaresoft, Sega, and SNK all putting out their own brand of Resident Evil clones. Thus, Konami decides to try their hand at the new hot game, only they made the right thing and didn't copycat Capcom's formula, and instead cooked up their own radically different version of the game. Enter Silent Hill. From the get-go, you realize the game is something different. It doesn't open with a fast-paced action sequence showcasing the game's horrors. Instead, it starts with a relatively slow-paced clip 
made from FMV sequences out of the game with a weird folky tune going on in the background. Obviously, this is going to be a different story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's true. There were a lot of Resident Evil clones that I wouldn't see a lot. But there were some that just didn't didn't feel like it. I don't know. So even in passing, it's brought up. I'll, I'll th- this next one from Indra was here, and I, if I'm not mistaken, we've read reviews from Indra was here before, because that name just sounds familiar on Bobby.com's. Indra writes, "Whatever you do, don't play this game alone. Not because it's scary as hell, but because you need someone to give you CPR when you have a sudden heart attack." <laughs> seriously most horror games rely on sudden surprises like resident evil silent hill on the other hand is like the movie blair witch project where the overall game itself is creepy everything is misty and mysterious and it makes you want to cuddle up somewhere warm with a lot of blankets yep this is the type of game where even the audience needs a place to hide which is why i could barely continue the game for more than several hours due to a lack of moral support and failing morals and turning the volume down didn't seem to help either. <laughs> oh, I mean, all in all, people really like this game, right? On Metacritic, the critic review has it at 86, and the user rating is an 8.9. And since everyone else wants to get on the, the RE comparison bandwagon, I'll do that here. Before I do so, though, I'd like to point out that in case you didn't know, Resident Evil was released to North American audiences on March 30th of 1996 which means that in about four episodes on March 25th, we're going to be covering the original Resident Evil. So join us then if you'd like to learn about it. But I will tell you that compared to Silent Hill's 86 and 8.9, Resident Evil got a 91 and a 9.1. And I'd have to say, I'd say that that's pretty damn close in the eyes of the general gaming population. I think nowadays they'd be looked at about in the same vein, frankly, with those kind of scores. What do you think? Yeah, I would say you're right. Yeah. Well, you know, we've learned about xenophobia. We've covered development. We've covered what uh, critics thought. We've covered what you, our listeners, have thought. And now it's time to take a look back on what we think about Silent Hill. So you played it. Admittedly, it's probably what been a while. I don't, I, you know, I don't think either of us had an opportunity to play this leading up to it. I did watch some video on it to kind of refresh my memory. And of course, as I do my research on the episode, everything comes back. What do you, what do you remember about Silent Hill? Well, I'm going to pause you right there. Even if you haven't played Silent Hill, did you, our sister loves this genre, correct? Absolutely. Did you have a chance to play through these with her or watch her or anything like that? You Do you know, remember? I feel like that's why I had my knowledge of the original game. Um, but I don't know. No. We didn't really do a whole lot of gaming together. No, I can't say that we did. So what do you remember about Silent Hill? I remember just walking around in the darkness, not really knowing where to go, what to do. It was kind of just, you know, walking around, especially starting out in the mist and just kind of like exploring and trying to figure out what you have to do. Do you remember Um, the enemies? I vaguely remember them. I remember the other world. Like when you got to the other world, everything was rusty and decrepit and worn down. 
and then you did that in the hospital and i remember getting scared to just scared to pieces with the freaking nurses the nurses the, absolutely the, you know and i and every time i think about silent hill i think about the pyramid head guys but truth is those weren't in the first game those didn't come to the second game and i think for me the scariest one in the in silent hill were the nurses and then there's the one nurse you meet who's alive who ends up like not being alive like she there's a scene in silent hill where she starts bleeding like just blood is running down her face and she starts coming after you like with blood running down everywhere uh i think her name was lisa if i remember correctly yeah that was just really creepy and then i remember so the whole concept of the story is that this cult's trying to re like cause a god to get reborn and your missing daughter and some other character two halves of the god's soul basically and you're bringing them together to rebirth the god and i just remember like holy crap my mind's blown you know here's teenage me who who thinks this is the coolest thing ever with these twists and oh my god it's the cult oh my god it's a religion oh my god they're gonna rebirth a god that's oh my god you know it's just uh more like oh their god dave yeah oh their god oh their god with the seal of metatron um <laughs> Yeah, this was just uh, this was a creepy game, and I really liked it. I remember liking and beating this one, and then just being super excited for the second one. And I don't remember much of them past the second one, to be totally honest with you. I I don't know what I played past the second one. I probably played the third one. I definitely don't remember anything past that. I didn't play any of the modern ones. Well, the modern one, they made one for the Wii, didn't they? It was like a reimagining of it's like a reimagining of 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 the game so yeah this was a lot of fun for me as a kid that's for sure i really i really enjoyed this one i, I uh, absolutely agree and this is probably the game that uh got me into the horror genre and enjoying it as much as i do oh it was definitely resident evil for me We'll talk about Resident Evil, but I, Resident Evil is one of those games that when it landed, it was just like, so, but this was a cool alternative to it. And they were very different games to me. I know that everyone's putting this in the same vein and comparing it to it and everything. But for me, they were, I, I don't think of them as the same game. Resident Evil is definitely more of an action game for me. And, and Silent Hill was more of a, like I said, a story, like a stealthy story game for me. So. I don't know. All right. Well, anything else you want to talk about with when it comes to Silent Hill? Mm, I think I'm all set, Dave. Well, I have a little quiz for you today. Uh, your quiz, I, I was thinking, I, I know last week when we talked, I said I was going to do horror monsters or real monsters type deal. But I was thinking that in this game, Silent Hill, the town itself is the monster. And so instead of characters, we're going to do horror locations. Okay. I've got nine locations for you. And basically you're going to tell me if it's from a video game or if it's a real location. That's it. Plain and simple. You good with that? Sure thing. So the reason why I said nine is because I led with an easy one for the first one. So you can start with a win. Silent Hill, Maine. Real or game? 
Hmm. Real. Ha ha ha. That would be a game, Dave. Nice try. Yeah, no. All right. All right. That is correct. Silent Hill, Maine is a fake location. There's no such place in real life. Eloise Psychiatric Hospital. Real or fake? Real or game? Real. Yes. Can you tell me? Hills, Novi. Eh, Westland, but you're pretty damn close. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're actually, um, if that's the one I'm thinking it is, it's either that or Northville Hospital, one of the ones down there. There, There's someone who was looking to turn it into an attraction. Was that the one that that had the firehouse right next to it? Mm. No, Eloise got torn down. That's right. Yes, it did. Eloise got torn down. It's like strip. It's like a strip mall and other stuff right now. So that's right. Okay. So, yeah. All right. right. So you got your your two for two. I toured that one. Okay. I mean, I never trespass. No, never trespass. Okay. Darkwater Island, just off the coast of Boston. Real or video game? That's real. Nope. Damn. There are many, many islands off the coast of Boston. Uh, it's a long list, to be honest with you, but Darkwater Island is not among them. It is a game. It's a it's a fictional island for the video game Call of, Cthul- Call of Cthulhu. Cthulhu? Oh, okay. Cthulhu. Call of Cthulhu. Call it Cthulhu. So, Cthulhu. all right. Yeah, whatever. Chupa, Chupa Copper thingy. <laughs> no, it's not the same thing, but you know. Next a one. Beast with a face similar <laughs> to that of Davy Jones. <laughs> all and right. He's best friends with Eric Hartman. And he's best friends with Eric Hartman. That's right. Bright Falls, Washington. Real or video game? Real. Nope. Bright Falls, Washington is a fictional city that the game series Alan Wake takes place in. You ever played Alan Wake? Clearly not, Dave. That's a good series. So there's two of them, I think. Alan Wake and Alan Wake American Nightmare. Leeds Point, New Jersey. Real or video game? Real. Yes. Do you know its significance? Not a clue. It is the birthplace of the Jersey Devil. You know the, Jer- the Jersey Devil? Negative. Okay, you might want to look up the Jersey Devil. It's uh, one of the things that nightmares are made of. How about the next one? Lafitte's Blacksmith Shop. Real or video game? That's a video game. For real? Have you been here before? Lafitte's Blacksmith Shop is a bar. It's on Bourbon Street. It's the bar. It's it's actually a it's a it's a legitimate blacksmith shop that you know that's been around forever that they converted to a bar. It's still its original stone building and everything. It's it's lit. It's lit with candles. It's it's super cool. It's at the. I can't say that I remember that one, Dave. Although I don't remember much of my trip to Bourbon Street. <laughs> okay, well that one's real and it's here in New Orleans. All right, next location. Take a trip to Benoit, a lush tropical island resort destination off the eastern coast of Papua New Guinea. Real or video game? It's a video game. What's it from? Dead Island. Damn. I don't know. You you played the Dead Island series? That was a total shot in the dark. Okay. Well, good job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen you play them maybe yeah i've played dead through. island too yeah i played th- maybe I played it was damon but i don't know i played through all of them so. i didn't know that at all i just 
it sounded like yeah. Dead Island to me. So I was like, yeah, sure. I honestly really like Dead Island. I think that's a series we should all just goof goof through. So, all right, next one: Mount Massive Asylum in Lake County, Colorado. Game location or real location? That's a real location. Is it now? No, it's from Resident Evil. It's neither. Damn. I mean, like Lake County, Colorado is real, but Mount Massive Asylum is not real. It's a video game location, and it's where the game Outlast takes place. Do you remember that? that Oh, okay. I guess I forgot where that was located. I mean, I couldn't have told you most of these. I I knew Benoit because I played through the series. And, you know, nah, I couldn't have told you Call of Cthulhu. I did know Bright Falls because I played through Alan Wake. I actually really like that series. Alan Wake is an author who goes to like a secluded cabin who's haunted by something and it's it's just a really cool interpretation for that so have you played outlast at all yes i have beaten outlast not gotcha. two though i haven't gotcha. played two yeah I, n- I never finished the first one i'm pretty sure i have them both so all right next one the stanley hotel in estes park colorado real location or video game location real location absolutely what's the significance of the stanley hotel it's uh you know here's johnny <laughs> that's very true it's one of the most active ghost sites in the united states and it is exactly what you said it is the inspiration for stephen king's novel the shining so good job way to get that one all right next one last one the granite orphanage in romsdalen norway real location or video game location can you pronounce it one more time for me the Granite Orphanage in Romsdalen, Norway. Romsdalen, Norway. That is a real location. Romsdalen, Norway is a real location. I'll give you that much. Granite Orphanage. Do you think it's real? No, that's a fake one. That's that's a, that's a made up. That's a, that's a video game. That's a video game. Yes, 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 yes. It's from a video game series well known to this genre called Clock Tower. Which I, I'm gonna. You've probably never played a Clock Tower game, have you? Negative. Yeah, it's it's a weird series. So, well, there you go. You got most of them. So congratulations. I got like some of them. I'm going to give you most of them. I give you most of them. Which brings us to the gaming question of the week. And while we're talking about frightening video games, I want to know, was there any video game that has scared you so much that you just had to put it down? What do you got? Hmm. You know, I do have to say that there were times playing Outlast where I just had to kind of stop playing and, uh, you know, get get back at it at a later time. And, you know, it wasn't so much just like it was so frightening. It was just like the jump scares in it were so damn good that I just needed some time before because I felt like I was going to lose my heart. But uh, yeah, I don't know if I've ever had to put down a game like straight up put down a game. But like I remember when I was playing through the latest Resident Evil uh, the one that takes place here in Louisiana. That one creeped the shit out of me, and I just couldn't sometimes. I'm like, it wasn't so much a put it down as I'm not in the mood to deal with that in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> um, right. But growing up, I don't really know if there were for, like video games that scared me. You know, I, I was thinking about horror games I liked, and um, I remember when I was younger, younger, there was a, a pair of like. Uh, puzzle games on the computer called the seventh guest and 11th hour. And I remember liking those a whole lot that they were horror games, not survival horror. They were puzzle horror games. 
I remember the fear series. The first time I played it, the jump scares that it has when the chick, I can't remember her name. Alda. I think her name is Alda when she jumps out at you. I remember those, but um, I, I can't really think of games that I had to put down. I'm sure that if I ever played those uh, five nights at Freddy games, I'd probably lose my shit because jump scares and me don't get along, but I've never bothered to play one of those, to be honest with you. Same thing with Slender Man. Never I did the Slender Man game, and that wasn't that bad. I will say, thinking back, I, I can't say any game recently has done that. Any game since I've become a little less afraid of the horror genre, but I will say that when I was younger, I remember a time you were at your apartment in college that I played, I believe it was Doom 3. Oh, yeah, Doom 3 was a good horror game. It terrified me. And, you know, I, I loaded up on the computer and I started playing it. And, you know, 10 minutes, 20, 15 minutes in, I just jump scare after jump scare. I, I, I had to put it down. I, you know, since then, I can't think of any game. That's, I mean, I guess Outlast is the same way, but that was probably the first one that I can remember ever doing that to me. Yeah, I don't know if I have any horror games like recent horror games. Oh, we play Phasmophobia. Phasmophobia Ooh. makes me jump. Phasmophobia uh, definitely makes me jump, although I've gotten to a point where I kind of just have fun with it. You know, it doesn't really cause anxiety because, you know, it's it's I don't know. It's, it feels like a different type of game after a certain point for me. Yeah, well, I mean, Phasmophobia is more like, holy shit, get the fuck out of there. Run, run, run. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not it's not much of anything. So um, that 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 game is creepy. But as for other modern horror games, I don't. I play another survivor horror game called The Forest, which I really like, which is really super creepy. Because the the bad guys in the game are like island dwelling cannibals and um, they creep through the, the forest at night and it's really creepy at first and scary. But after you learn them and, and after you learn them, it's not so much. You know what I mean? Right. So I really like that game. Don't we have to still play through that one? Isn't that on our list? Yeah, I was waiting till I got a VR. Yeah, yeah, I know. Because I think that game on VR would be sweet. Yeah, I still want to play No Man's Sky on VR. I think that would be awesome, frankly. I think so, too. Yeah, so that's horror games. Anything you want to add about Silent Hill or add to the conversation about scary games? Um, you know, it, it's not everyone's cup of tea, so I'll understand if you don't want to play them. But if you like them, Silent Hill is a great game series to get into. Give it a try. Yeah. If Let you us like, know what you think. Yeah. If you like weird stories, it's it's a weird story, ain't it? It's a really weird story. Absolutely. It is. Rob, if they wanted to tell us what they thought about the game, where could they go? You motherfucker. I was trying to set you up. for that. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Dave, you can find well, Dave, they can be found at memorycardlane.com. <laughs> there, you can find calendars for our shows, show notes, some of our old episode, as well as links to our Discord and our Patreon. Say, Dave, what's this all about Patreon? Well, if you would like to support our little podcast, you can do so on Patreon for only $2 a month. Um... We really just put the money back into, you know, our podcasts and tools to make our podcast better. It's two dollars a month. Come do it. You can either go to patreon.com slash trip down memory card lane 
or you can go to our website at www.memorycardlane.com and click on the support link, which will take you to a Patreon link, which will take you to our Patreon. Yes, that's right. I just said that correctly. Also on our website, you can find in our biographies, our social media plugs. I can be found on Twitter as David underscore is underscore wrong, where I post about Rocket League. I have gaming memes. I wish video games a happy birthday and just talk about, you know, uh, video game history. No, nothing fancy. Rob, what are you doing on social media these days? Well, Dave, I can be found streaming on twitch.tv forward slash F-A-T-B-O-I-R-I-P-Z. Nice. Well, I think that'll about sum it up for today's episode. Is there anything that you'd like to add? Well, Dave, can't be one of our episodes without saying thank you to all of our listeners. We really appreciate it. Like I say, always say, we would definitely be here whether or not you were, but it's a lot more fun knowing you are. So sure. we hope you enjoy. And if you do, you heard all about our social media. Let us know. Yes, let us know. And on the topic of let us know, if you're listening to this and you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button. Also, if you could like us and review us, we are completely open to criticism, comments, praise. We just want to make this better for you guys, and we can't do it if we don't hear from you. So hit those buttons. Let us know what you think. We'd very much appreciate it. So moving on to next week, you know, we may have thought that we were leaving hard Nintendo games behind after talking about Contra in last week's episode. Uh, but frankly, after the spooky Silent Hill break, I thought it would be appropriate for us to dive right back into one of the NES era's most difficult titles. Um, despite its difficulty, it's frequently recognized as one of the top 10 Nintendo games uh, in the entire library. So it can't be all bad. People seem to really love this game. If you're one of those people, or you just like stories about revenge that give way to sinister plots to destroy the entire world, this next episode's going to be for you because we're heading back to March of 1989 with the North American release of the original Ninja Gaiden. So, if sword-wielding ninjas are your thing, or maybe just Rob and I are, join us again next week for a katana-swinging, ninja-star-throwing trip down memory card lane. Do up up up. Do up 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 up. Boo.